What's up, friends? I am so excited to be kicking off a new series for y'all today. From today going forward for the next four weeks, we are going to be talking about all things around the scale. How we feel when we see that number, what might be going on in our bodies to reveal that number, how to change the number, how to make peace with the number, and most of all, how to manage our expectations and the emotional responses we have in response to that number. And I have to tell you, this whole series was prompted because last Monday, I no joke, had almost the exact same conversation with six different women about the scale by noon on Monday. (laughs) By noon, I talked to six of you. And I just thought we've got to bring this conversation back up because so many of us feel triggered by that number, no matter what it is. We get on a scale and there is nothing that will take us back to disordered eating or body insecurity faster than seeing a number we don't want to see. And so I'm really excited to unpack the scale from all different angles and help you all make peace with it and continue moving forward in your health journey without getting hung up on this number. Because I do think one of the major issues with the scale is that We see that number and when it doesn't meet our expectations or we have fear or shame or failure associated with that number, it sets us back and it makes us feel like all the stuff we're doing isn't worth it, that we should just throw in the towel. Usually it leads us to binge eating or not wanting to work out because we think what's it worth anyways, the number isn't budging. Really excited to help you guys break this down and break through because that scale We don't want it having power over you. It's a piece of the equation, not the entire equation. Super excited for this one, friends. Hey, awesome. Yeah, I'm talking to you. I know you're ready to stop falling into diet culture traps and finally put together a realistic plan on how to boost your energy. You might feel stuck because you can't quite kick the chocolate habit. The whole body love thing isn't getting the job done. Or maybe you're at an impasse because you are pushing it in the gym, but you can't figure out how and what to eat. How many times have you Googled best diet and found that the latest trend has failed you? Hey girl, I'm Jess registered dietitian, wife, mama, and total science and nutrition research junkie. I too used to be stuck in the cycle of insecurity and never feeling like my body was good enough. Then I tried to fix it with food only to end up right back where I started. I did some really hard work. I found food freedom, but then I was confused on how to eat healthy and get fit without falling back into diet culture crazy. I wish someone would have taught me the difference between discipline and obsession. I wanted to be the healthiest version of myself by balancing healthy eating with food freedom. Like how do I actually eat healthy, get fit, and have donuts with my kids? It wasn't until I figured out this awesome balance between discipline and permission, the art of intentional eating with sprinkles of flexibility. The empowered eating model was born. Here on the show, we nix diet culture while creating values-based health goals. We reconnect with how our body responds to food through biofeedback. All the while figuring out a plan on how to get healthy and fit without sacrificing the most meaningful parts of life. Sustainability doesn't mean never eating your favorite foods again. I mean, pizza is life, right? (laughs) We are here to finally not just feel comfortable, but confident in our body. I am so excited to fuel your awesome with empowered eating. Head on over to JessBrownRD.com and grab my three steps to empowered eating guide totally free. Or hop onto my e-course, Food Foundations, to get the step-by-step deets on how I got here. All right, you ready to take your inner awesome to the next level? So grab that cup of coffee, lace up those running shoes, because girl, it's time to go.
I think we've all been there before where we walk into a doctor's office and they ask us to get on the scale. And we're like going through this whole mental battle of like, okay, it's a simple request, that number. Okay, let me go ahead and take my shoes off. You know what? I'm going to take my socks off too because if I take my socks off, maybe that'll give me a little bit less And because I know this is going to be more since I ate breakfast. Oh, and I just drank a bunch of water. Okay, you know, while I'm at it, this necklace is pretty big. Maybe I should take this necklace off. <laughs> like we've all been there, right? Going through this crazy emotional turmoil and this back and forth in our head trying to explain to ourselves why we might see a certain number on the scale. And then we typically see it, we get on there and we're like, wah, wah, wah. Like it's this epic disappointment, right? It's never what we want it to be. And then we get off and we have to go about the appointment pretending like it didn't bother us. And then sometimes the doctor will come in and ask us what we think about the number or question the change in the number. And then we have to deal with that shame like in front of someone all over again. (laughs) It's really this whole cycle that I think every single woman has been through regardless of what your weight is. We've all been there and we've all felt that emotional pull and the struggle from seeing that number. And so today what I want to do is talk about what to do when you feel like you're doing everything right, like you're working out, you're exercising, you're making all these changes, but that number isn't moving. So what could we possibly do to keep moving forward? And I think this is a really important conversation because so many of us find ourselves in this spot where the number's not budging, but we're doing all the things and then we stop doing all the things, right? It's like we're so frustrated with the number, we think, it's not even worth it. And one of the particular conversations that I had last Monday was with a client who has made massive changes in her food. I mean, we have completely revolutionized her eating and her weight has gone down just a smidge. And she texted me and said, Jess, this was the weight that I was in 2018 when I was eating whatever I want. And so her immediate thought was, what's it worth? Like I'm doing all these things and I weigh the exact same as I did few years ago, eating whatever the heck I wanted. And I think this is the biggest problem with the scale, right? Is it narrows our progress down to this one metric and it completely robs us of everything else going on. So the first step when you get here is to recognize that the number is not the be all end all or the only metric we need to measure. Because for example, in this woman's situation, Yes, her weight was the same. However, I started asking her other things like, well, how's your brain fog? She's like, oh, it's great. I've never thought so clearly. How's your sleep? Oh, I'm sleeping better than I've ever slept before. How are your clothes fitting? Oh my gosh, I'm feeling so much stronger. And I notice my pants are tighter in the right areas and looser in the areas I want them to be looser. And so I kept asking her these questions. And then all of a sudden she goes, oh, maybe there's more going on than just my weight loss. Maybe it is worth it. And so I said, yeah, because I mean, we could throw in the towel. You could go back to eating whatever you wanted. But how did you feel when you were just eating like off the cuff and without intention and not a lot of fruits and veggies, missing on hydration? She's like, oh, well, I felt like crap. You know, I wasn't sleeping good. And, and, and this, again, brings it back to when we just look at the number, we lose all of that. It's like looking at our success through this tiny pinhole when there's so much else going on. So number one in working through this stuck point when you're doing everything right and the number's not budging is look at the other things. What else is happening that would make it all worth it? This is a lot of what we look at in Food Foundations is building our measurement or our systems tracking on things that are outside of the scale. So I have a spreadsheet in there for all my students where we can look at pulling in 
things like, okay, what are what's my bowel movements? What are they doing? And I know that might gross some of you out, but it's actually a really important marker of health is what your bowel movements look like. So maybe we'll track that. Or, you know, if we do want to look at body changes, maybe we look at things beyond the scale. Maybe we look at body composition and maybe we look at circumference measurements. For thinking of long-term health and strength, maybe we look at how our workouts are going or if we have a particular lab value that was out of range, so maybe vitamin D or cholesterol or blood pressure is high, like what are those things doing when we start implementing some of these changes? And the thing I love about this the most is that when we pull all of these other markers in and that number gets kind of lost in all these other things we're tracking, we see so much more success. And when we see that success, it motivates us and we want to keep doing all the things. And then there's this snowball effect. So when we feel good about what we're doing, we feel like what we're doing is working, we continue to get up and do it. And not only do we continue to get up and eat in a way that's building a healthier body and moving our body in ways that makes us stronger, we know it's working. So we look at how we can do more and better and get stronger, get healthier. It grows and grows and grows. It's a much more productive posture to have than just pigeonholing our attention to that scale. Because it's like if we just see that scale and for whatever reason that number's up that day and we think everything's not working, like how does that shift our attitude? Oh, we feel like a failure. It's not working. Then we go into the workout and we're feeling sorry for ourselves and we have like a half effort workout and we don't push ourselves. We're not continuing to grow. So it completely changes the mindset when we pull all of these other markers of success in. So that's number one. And then number two is as you're going through this process of building a healthier relationship with food and moving more, make a list of non-scale victories. What are all those other pearls of success that you're seeing? So some of these might be measurable. Some of them might not be. But either way, they're all things you can look back at and go, "Uh, yeah, this is worth it. Like I'm feeling the effects of making these changes and taking care of my body. In Food Foundations, I have a handout on there that lists non-scale victories in different categories. So I've got physical wins, mental wins, brain function wins, sleep wins, and then other values-based wins. And I think it's important to look at these non-scale victories from all different angles. Like there are physical wins outside of just the number. I mean, when we start upping our hydration and upping our antioxidant intake, you're definitely going to see your skin tone change. You're going to see that glow and you're going to see that regardless of what you weigh. You'll see reduced dark circles under your eyes. You might feel stronger hair or nails, which who doesn't want that? Like that is one of my major goals is my hair. I want it long and strong as I'm getting into my 40s. And I can't do that without eating in a certain way. And at the same time, I can do that no matter what I weigh. How cool is that? Like talk about taking the pressure off. Some other non-scale victories in the mental health department might be better focus, more energy, Maybe we laugh more. Maybe we have reduced mood swings or reduced cravings. We have a higher sense of feeling empowered, which encourages us to continue to make healthier food choices. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. And then when I think of sleep wins, man, this one's a big one and becomes increasingly important as we age. Quality sleep is paramount. And you'll notice that when you start to make some changes to your dietary habits, it will impact your sleep. 
For example, when we learn to eat a dinner that's balanced in high protein and has adequate amounts of fibrous veggies and appropriate amounts of carbohydrates relative to the activity that we have during the day, we find that people fall asleep faster and get into a REM cycle sleep quicker compared to those who might have a really high carb meal or do a bunch of snacking before they go to bed. And typically, you know, no shame if you're someone that does that, but typically why we do those things is because we're not meeting our fuel needs throughout the day. Like we're waiting till the end of the day and we find ourselves really, really hungry in the evening and then we're trying to make up for what we haven't eaten during the day. Um, Another thing that can happen is if we're not eating enough and we go to bed hungry, then we don't allow our body to have the tools and resources to make it through that seven to eight hour fast. And at about hour six, our liver runs out of stored glycogen or stored carbohydrate. And it kind of kicks, it does a little like adrenaline kick. And so we might wake up and we're waking up because we're hungry and not eating enough. So this happens at both ends of the equation, whether we're eating too much or we're eating too little. And so one of the first things I do see with folks who start to balance their food intake and eat more appropriately and moderately and throughout the day, they sleep better. They get better REM cycles. And guess what? When you wake up in the morning and you've slept really good and you're in a great mood, you're more likely to exercise. And when you're more likely to exercise, you're more likely to take care of your health. These are all the things beyond the scale that we miss if we don't pay attention to. And these are things, again, that have a crazy awesome snowball effect. Now, I got to say one thing here because I am a mama. And if you're listening to this and you're in that season of life where you are getting no sleep, I just have to say, do the best you can. It is one of the most trying times of your life to just be in the season where you don't sleep for more than like two or three hours at a time. You've got what feels like permanent black circles under your eyes. And so this one can be, I think, a bit discouraging if you're in that season of life. But if you are, I just, I got to tell you, go watch the latest episode of This Is Us. If you guys don't watch This Is Us, oh my gosh, go watch it and be ready to cry. Grab some tissues. It is so beautifully written. But the last episode beautifully captures what it's like to sleep as a mama and the different seasons of life. And it shows this mom with her three, she's got triplets and they, you know, they're waking her up nonstop when they're babies and dad's crashed out asleep snoring and can't even hear him. I think every woman can relate to that. <laughs> or maybe you're a single mom and you, you don't have someone there. So you're doing it all on your own. So there's all these things at play. And then, you know, they get a little bit older and then they wake you up at like 4 a.m., because they need you to sign a permission slip or they need help with their homework. And you're like, it is for freaking AM. <laughs> but it wraps it up as this woman ages and she's going through Alzheimer's and her kids are then taking care of her throughout the night. Oh, it is a crazy tearjerker. So anyways, little tangent there. But if you're listening to the sleep non-scale victories and you're like, I can't even relate just because I'm so freaking tired, go watch This Is Us and that will just rejuvenate your soul. <laughs> okay, so getting back to it. Squirrel, total squirrel brain there. <laughs> I just feel for the mamas that are tired. You know, I remember that. I was exhausted. Um, okay, so anyways, getting back to this. When you feel like that number is not moving, friends, number one, we've got to recognize that focusing on the number alone is completely robbing us of all the other benefits and discouraging us. So we've got to break that cycle. And then number two, I want you to make a list of these non-scale victories. I want you to get out a pen and paper and list at least three wins in the physical department, in the mental department, in the brain function, and sleep departments, and really get that list going, get it out. I mean, if you're weighing yourself, put it on your scale so you don't forget. (laughs) So next time you weigh yourself, you actually see that. But I want to pull away from seeing that number as the primary metric and looking at whole health, looking at all these other 
markers that are quite honestly adding more to our life than any number ever will. And that brings me to my very last point here. When we're stuck on that number and we're feeling like we're doing everything right, what can we do? Friends, we've got to link our successes and our changes back to our values. You guys know I'm huge on values. If you don't know your top three to five values right off the top of your head, we need to get this taken care of now. Head on over to JessBrownRD.com. I've got a free download. You can download Three Steps to Empowered Eating, and it'll walk you through how to find your values and assess them very quickly. But we have to have that at the forefront of our mind because that's going to allow us to rewrite this relationship with the scale. So going back to the woman I was talking about earlier who messaged me last week and said, Jess, you know, my weight's the same as it was a couple years ago, and I ate whatever I want. Is this worth it? Well, as we continued this conversation, one of the things she noted was that she and her family started working out together. So they set up a home gym. She's got little kids, but her and her husband are lifting weights together, and then the little kids just kind of mess around in the gym while they work out. And she said, this has become an invaluable hour that I have with my family three or four times a week. And that is worth more than any number on the scale. And so I'm like, yeah, are you going to quit doing that just because your weight's not doing what you wanted to do? And she's like, oh, heck no. But sometimes that negative relationship with the scale and that obsession with a certain numbers or the next 10 pounds or, yeah, but when I weighed this number, I was happy. Like we get attached to those numbers. And so when we see that number or don't see that number, it takes us back to that mindset really, really quickly. So it's going to take work to retrain our brain to stick to our values-based definition of health, our values-based reasons for making these changes. That's why I want everyone to write it down. So as you have that list, that running list, because it should be a running list of non-scale victories at the very top of that, I want you to write out your values. What is most important to you? What is the why behind your how? And then as that list grows and you have that, you have it on your phone, you've got it next to your scale if you're weighing yourself, maybe better yet, put it up on your mirror that you can see every single morning while you're brushing your teeth. Those are the things that are going to give you so much more life. They're going to add to your life instead of taking away, which that number will do if we stay focused on it. And just a side note right here, friends, if you're in currently in a body that is larger than what you think is appropriate or perhaps larger than what our, our culture tells you is valuable, I, I think this is where I find so much peace in pulling faith and spirituality into your health journey because when we allow ourselves to be seen for more than just our body, we pull in our value based on our purpose and what God created us to do and how we can serve others. I think we're able to move past this a little bit quicker because I know so many women, so many women who are in larger bodies that are doing wonderful things for the world. And I am so angry that our world says because you're in a larger body, you're not worthy of it, or maybe you don't, you're not as deserving. But I want to tell you right now, that's a lie. It's not true. You can be in whatever body size you're currently in and do wonderful things for the world. I believe every single one of you are beautifully and wonderfully made and that God divinely and uniquely created you. And I get so angry so angry about our culture putting that lie in your head but I just yeah I just want you to know it's a lie and a lot of what um, I work through with my clients is redefining health and again pulling it back to their values so that when those lies creep back in we're ready to battle them and keep moving forward in our health journey so yeah just sidebar there for anyone that uh, feels like 
yeah, but Jess, I can't let go of the scale because I'm in such a large body. Like I, I'm not healthy. It's like, well, okay, we're going to keep working on being healthy. And at the same time, you are worthy and wonderful as you are. Friends, if you want more help with this, this is what we work through in Food Foundations. We go through this whole process where we really start with redefining health on your terms and ditching and detoxing from all the like layers and layers of diet culture pressure that has been put on us. And sometimes that pressure goes back as far as childhood where you were told you needed to lose weight as a kid. Maybe parents imposed some of that on you. Maybe you watched mom and dad diet and yo-yo diet for years. I mean, it can go really, really far back. So to think that this is just going to be a flip of a switch is, I think, setting the bar unrealistically high. It's going to take work. But friends, it's work I know you are equipped and ready to do. And most of all, I know it's worth it. For more information on that course, head on over to JessBrownRD.com and click on courses. You'll find all the details there. Okay, so my invitation for you, friends. I have two invitations for you. You ready? You ready? Number one, if you are finding that that scale is causing so much discouragement because it's not moving, it's not doing what you want, put the scale away. Step away from the scale. Keep doing what you're doing and start to rely on some of these values-based non-scale victories more than that number. You obsessing about that number is not going to change it. No matter how many times you get on and off that scale, it's not going to impact what that number is, right? Like what impacts that number is the thing you do day in, day out. And if you're finding that when you step on a scale and see the number, it sucks the motivation out of you, it sucks your confidence dry, put the scale away. I promise you it'll be there for you if you ever want to pick it back up again, but it's not doing you any favors. So put it away. And if you're someone that for medical reasons needs to weigh, which I actually have a few clients that need this, um, there are other ways, friends. A lot of my clients, what we do is we actually have something called a clear step scale. It's a wonderful tool where they have the client has it in their home. They hop on the scale in their own home, and there's no measurement reading anywhere. Instead, the number is uploaded to an app, and that app goes to my dashboard. And so we can either talk about it in our sessions, or they just entrust me to let them know if I see something concerning. So if you are someone that needs to weigh for medical reasons, that is an alternative where we can measure it without putting you through the daily emotional turmoil. But number one, my invitation to you is put that scale away. And then number two... If you are going to weigh, if you're like, Jess, you know, I feel like I'm not totally triggered by it and I do want to use it as a metric, I want to invite you to weigh fairly. Spend the time learning about health beyond the scale. Spend the time journaling those non-scale victories. Spend the time redefining health on your own terms. And when you do this, you can truly allow that number to be just one piece of the equation, not the entire equation. And you're going to get a lot farther with that. Friends, I have all those resources for you in my Food Foundations course. I've got tracking tools, system tracking ideas, the non-scale victory list. I mean, we have it all in there. So if you're wanting more guidance on that, get enrolled today because life is too short to be attached to that number, don't you think? And you have way too many things to keep doing and you need high energy. You need better sleep. You need reduced brain fog, all of which you get from healthy eating and exercising but that isn't always captured on the scale. I'm really excited to continue this series with you guys. Over the next four weeks, we're going to be hitting on some fun topics. So next week, I'm going to be talking about scale frustrations, three truths about the scale and your fitness goals, 
The following week, we'll be talking about how to move past that, quote, perfect number on the scale, the truth about your ideal weight. So what what is ideal body weight? How do I get there? And how do I let go of obsessing about that one number? We all have that one number. And then the last week of the series is my absolute favorite topic. I saved the best for last <laughs> is can you still get healthy if your weight stays the same? An inside peek at body recomposition. We're going to be talking about body changes and how, you know, 160 at one point in your life might look very different at 160 at another point in your life, depending on what you're doing and how you're eating and what your body composition is. So excited for all of it, friends. Let me know how it's going for you. Let me know if you what you decide to do with the scale and if there's any way I can help, you guys know where to find me. I hope you guys have a fabulous day and that the scale doesn't impact it in any way, shape, or form. Cheers, friends, and happy eating. Thank you so much for joining me today. I hope it strengthened your food journey and empowered you to live boldly in your body. Real quick, sister, before you go, if you liked today's episode, the best way you can thank me is head on over to iTunes, Fuel Her Awesome Podcast, leave a review, and subscribe. Then take a screenshot and share it on your social media. Don't forget to tag me at JessBrownRD. And if you're looking for more resources, be sure to check out my website, JessBrownRD.com. I've got info on my e-course, Fuel Her Awesome, Food Foundations, my 10-step ebook on how to beat body bullying, and so much more. I cannot wait to chat with you babes again. Until next time, cheers and happy eating.